Hi everyone, you're listening to the Bialucci podcast, uncensored and completely unedited discussions about life and everything in it. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone. Proper, proper Hi. introduction, which we will. Do you know who that ring is? Come on. Think, all right, think 50s, 1950s. Yeah. Political. 50s. Malcolm X. Yes. Oh, you oh. won't get this one. What about that one? Oh, he's a bit more up your avenue, actually. Um, Oscar Wilde. Yeah. Somebody said Versace. I thought, oh, come on, look at me. <laughs> Mind you, Oscar Wilde would be your next choice. Okay. Again. <laughs> Obviously an Oscar, Oscar Wilde, Mal- 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 Malcolm X. Yeah, if you saw me at a bus stop, yeah. you wouldn't immediately think Oscar Wilde fan. It's love no. and hate, you know? No. Yeah, don't ruin it. Um, Jenny Barnett. Hello, hello. Jenny with an I. Jenny with an I. Was you born that? No, I was born Jennifer Joy. Okay, when did you go for the art? Is that stage? I, uh, no, I was sitting in a classroom and I thought I was a kid and I thought I'm gonna find what my autograph looks like and somewhere I've still got that rough book with all sorts right. of versions oh you tried them out yeah you're feeling them out yeah so you were the original Jenny from the block Jenny from the block Before but Jenny. I used to have a big O over the eye until somebody told me what that it, it shows a huge yeah. ego so I just have a dot now oh no and what does that say? You haven't got an ego. Well, you got a fake ego. <laughs> it's not huge, right? Okay, but I have got a very healthy ego. Okay. I think, yeah. So why are you on the show, Jenny? As you asked, as <laughs> a second after you came in the door. <laughs> yeah, what am I doing? What because I I'm doing? a fan of yours. You don't realise. Um, so my, I always end up talking about the bloody self. But um, when I sort of changed my life at the age of about twenty-seven, had to learn to read. Lived on the streets for a while. wasn't upbringing wasn't very great. Um, so I learned to read in my late twenties, but. Before learning to read, when I had to sort of realise those things in called like being a modern human being, and uh, I just didn't know about history and geography or anything like that, because schooling and left home and lived whatever. But when I thought I'm going to change my life, I didn't know where to learn from because I didn't know I was dyslexic. I didn't know I couldn't read. I just thought I didn't like reading. That was just I was one of those people. So I thought I'd listen to radio and anything to the BBC. The BBC to me was like. That's what a proper intelligent person does, the BBC. Now, I'm ignorant at this time. Um, so I started listening to radio. Um, went <laughs> Radio 4, I didn't know what they were talking about. So I, I, I went back down to LBC where I could understand what they were talking. Still talking about politics and things like that and different shows talking about things that I didn't know were subjects of society or whatever. Um, and yours was one of the first shows. So you, you've actually stuck with me since then. I was just saying it must have been about 15 years ago. You had an afternoon. 2007. I finished, was it? Yeah. I finished on a food show that I'd been doing for yeah, a long a time. Yeah. And then uh, they called me up and they said, would you come in for an interview? And I said, no, I'm going to America to stick pipes up my ass and go on a raw food diet, which is what okay, I did. Right, yeah. And then I came back on, I can remember, May the 21st. Yeah. And it was, it was the old studios near... Leicester Square, no? No, 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 it moved there. Oh. It was the old studios near Portobello Road. Oh. And I was lost. Portobello I, Road? Well, what do you call it? Not Portobello oh, right. Road. Notting Hill Gate. Oh, it was okay. all around there, near, near Notting Hill Carnival. Oh. Little tiny place. And I was lost and I stopped a car. Yeah. 
And a guy said, you go round here, round here and round here. And when he, I th- when he left, I realised it was David Cameron. Oh, right, and yeah. I thought it would be the first time in his <laughs> life he'd say, go left. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, well, yeah. There, there are, well and I, I started at LBC in 2007. I was there for a few weeks and then they gave me yeah. my own show. It was show. in the afternoons, wasn't it? It was... N- like no. 2 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Yeah, yeah definitely. No, it wasn't. It was the it 10, must... 10 to 1. Oh, morning, you mean? Yeah, it must have been the afternoon. Yeah, yeah because but you got up late, so you didn't know what you were doing. No, I was driving. I was. There was no sleeping then. I was doing two jobs. I had nighttime job and a daytime job. So I was but driving. I'd never done radio. The oh. guy that taught me, a guy called Steve Campen, used to sit on top of a, a chest uh, filing cabinet, cross-legged, like the geezer in um, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. And he taught me how to do radio, which is so different from really? television. And what was the basics of that? What do you mean talk? That, that, well, I don't think I know anything. I've never thought I knew anything. And also, I don't like being a pundit. And of course, you end up being all those things. Yeah. And so he said, your USP will be that you are uh, vulnerable and that you listen. Yeah. And that's what I did. Yeah. And I listened. And then I had an almighty bust up with the boss. And they sacked me. Oh, you got sacked from now. I've been why sacked you leave, from everywhere. Okay, and I'm sure you can't say, but why? What was it? Just oh, I tell everybody everything. <laughs> okay. I, I think secrets okay. are really not good. Um, right. Fantastic. You sacked okay. them. And- <laughs> well, well, sort of. Uh, the guy there, I won't say his yeah. name just in case, yeah. but he was a bully, and I was sitting next to a young kid, and she was crying, and I said, "Are you okay?" And I looked at him, and he went, <laughs> "Chop, chop." I thought, "Jeff, yeah, am I allowed to?" Speak? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, go for it. I thought, who the fuck is this? Yeah. So I, he actually he, clapped his hand. Yeah, that's quite ballsy, like that. Yeah, and and he said to me, "Are you questioning my authority?" And I said, "Fucking right, I am." <laughs> which I did wherever I went. Yeah, which meant that I got sacked from everywhere I went. But anyway, oh, it lasted a little bit. Yeah. I lasted longer, but there was a vendetta, oh. and in the end, they called me in. It was, I think, August of whenever it yeah. was. It was a Thursday, and I'd, I had, I used to have a flat in London as well as living where I live, and I had a terrible bug, and I had to go home. And the phone went. It was my agent. I said, "You're right." She said, "No, they've sacked you." And I said, "Why?" She said, "I don't know why." Right. And you've got one day to go in and get your things and say thank you for having me. Yeah. I said, "I think." You realise that I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but then I went straight to Radio London from there. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so because when I was listening, and you've got to remember my blueprints of people at the time, I'm just learning about society. I didn't really still understand what people were like. I, I thought they were just bad. Um, and when I listened to your show, it was like I was listening to a nice... I, I'm sorry, I, I like that oh. you're like, oh, people. I, yeah, I used to think people were bad. Yeah. And it's just like now I know that they're bad and also incompetent. <laughs> yeah. Or a mixture of the two. Yeah, really. Now it's I confirm like, yeah. it. <laughs> no, but I would listen to you and I'd never heard... Um, firstly, I, you were always having some sort of weird massage or acupuncture. There was a Swedish woman you would always do an impersonation. Oh, yeah. Monica, <laughs> Monica Johnson, she lives in Nightingale Lane. Yeah. But I, I used to call it Crankology Corner. Right. And it's because I'm interested in anything yeah. that's alternative. And it would, uh, the other thing was I would, you was always having to go at your husband. <laughs> the old gift. Yeah. And, um, but it was when people would, 
not agree with the things, these hippie-ish things you were doing or you would have a call in and they wouldn't agree with you. And I can remember you... Th- you would, it would always be, well, I don't care if you think I'm a silly old son. I love you all the same. So, and I thought, I've never heard anybody. But there, there was a big controversy, actually, oh, okay. where there, that we had only six callers. Three were pro, three were anti. And I said, oh, wow. I had not had my daughter vaccinated yeah. back in the day. Oh, okay. And a nurse phoned in and she was so angry. And I, I, I didn't. Go for it, but I argued with her, yeah. and afterwards, my little man sitting on top of the yeah. filing cabinet said, "You mustn't do that. You've just got to let him go." Yeah, and it—they accused me of trying to get people not to have vaccinations. Okay, Stephen Fry yeah. sent me an email in the middle of the show. Oh, please say he landed on the right hands, the right side of you. Oh, Just no. stick to being funny, he oh, said. No. Oh, Don't no. do your politics thing. And 42,000 Stephen Fry fans cyberbullied me. Oh, so he's being serious. I thought he was like being... No, it oh, no. was awful. And then it went to the House of Lords. And then it went to Ofcom. Right. And I was completely exonerated because I hadn't done it. They listened to it back several times. Yeah. And I just said... Oh, God. You know, I'm not telling anyone. Yeah. How long ago was this? Because I think the, uh, the anti-vax sort of... Yeah, the, that went away. Well, no, but that's changed. I think the dialogue's changed. It has changed. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking te- 2010. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But what was interesting is that my agent at the time, beautiful, beautiful boy, said, I'm going to get on to Stephen Fry. So he got on to Stephen Fry. He said, you really upset, Jenny. And Stephen Fry yeah. said, okay, I'll take you to dinner. Oh, right, okay. So he took me to the Ivy. Right. And you know that? Fast show. Is it the fast show? No, it's not. It's the one with David Williams where they sit in a very big chair and everybody else sits really, really small. It's right. the Dennis Waterman thing. Right. Is it anyway? Yes, I yes. went to, to the uh to <clears throat> the Ivy and I was so embarrassed by oh, the wow. whole thing. Well, I was embarrassed that he'd got angry and that I was, you know, and I said to him, yeah. Why does this make you so angry? And he said, Because it's life and death. Yeah. And he'd argued with me that a mother doesn't have an instinct. And I said, instinctively, I knew that the MMR jab would not be good for my kid because she's on the spectrum. Right. We didn't know that then, but I just knew. And I went wherever I went to one of my cranks and he said, have you had your daughter inoculated? And I said, no, 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 no. He said, good, because it it compromises the immune system. And little babies, I don't think you should have it anyway. So I said... I instinctively there's no such thing as instinct right so i ordered a very expensive meal and ran oh no so it didn't end well no i ran i and then i worked with him two january's ago and he hadn't remembered anything <laughs> and the big <laughs> That's lesson almost another offense on top of the offense well what i learned is that i'd held on to it like i had with ruby wax who'd also been very rude to me and i interviewed ruby wax and she'd also forgotten the incident right. you hold on to yeah, shit yeah, yeah, yeah. and everybody else has forgotten it and got on with their lives yeah. and um he's a lovely lovely man but he but, but you still you still time. dined and dashed though <laughs> I, I dined and dashed i ran from the ivy to battersea i must have lost right. i don't know eight pounds but uh yeah well i i used to um um um, so I'm not saying about the Ivy, but I used to deliver early mornings, one of the many jobs I had, um, uh, the, the food to the restaurants first thing in the morning, you know, vanilla pods and yogurts and whatnot. 
And it was all around the central London one. So we, I think we started like four in the morning, one of these little things that was running around through the streets. And it's just one of the times I've been tortured in life. I've ha- been forced to see behind the curtain. It's like I've been tortured by that like, all my life, been like seeing behind the curtain. And um, one of them was going to all these posh restaurants. And the, you would go round the back, of course, to deliver. That's where you went. And just the, the filth and the rats and then you'd come around the side and you'd walk past the building with the Chesterfield chairs and the snooker table and the posh restaurants would be ordering like cheap brand yogurts and like like stacks of like a hundred of them just and you just put it in the out in the wet and the some tramps would nick it and all that but I thought how this is being go around the corner and that's gone up ten times in value but I thought this is it was awful. And then the rats and the filth around the kitchens. I thought, yeah, we the were, facade, we were, facade. Yes, yeah, we were filming in New York with the food show. Yeah. And sit, and we were sitting and a rat passed our feet. New York and, rat. And I refused to pay. And my makeup artist, whose name was Mycock, and her first name Leave began it. with a C, so she right. write, used to write her checks, C Mycock. And... But I refused to pay, and she was really indignant about this. I wouldn't pay my bill because I I didn't feel that. But then I was told about the hierarchy, because out in America, you've got one nationality that does the washing up and cleaning the shit, and then you've got another one and another one and another one. The the time you get – sorry, sweetheart, I keep knocking things. But the time you get into the restaurant, you have a different facade. Yeah. That's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but it really is like, and it was just one of the times because I think I don't want to be that person who's always going on about society, but it's been, I've been sh- forced to see the behind no, you the must curtains all the be time. be that per- person. I know, it's lonely. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> less lonely now. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, always yeah, been a lonely yeah, one yeah. for me. I mean, I'll tell you one other story. I mean, there's loads of yeah. stories because I'm 73 and I've been at it forever. But when I started at TVAM, I was brought in as Michael Parkinson's co-presenter, Parky, but I got yeah. sacked on the morning because I used to wear dungarees right. and I didn't Yeah, like yeah, it. yeah. And on the morning and they edited all the films that I'd made and I was taken, uh, the cameras were there and you could kick. Yeah, yeah. And there was me, nobody else. And they asked for this one, they hadn't turned up and that one. And then Peter J said, last but by no means least, Jenny Barnett. And it was like a slow hand clap. Yeah. And I said, great, they took the photographs. And I went into the boss and said, fuck are you doing i'm out there all the papers are out there he said uh, and i swore and i wish i do all the time and he put his hand on my shoulder and said you've taken it just like a man <laughs> but he, i was then given david frost scriptwriter, the most wonderful writer and we picked up all the reviews because i didn't give a shit right yeah I, and I never have, really. Yeah. But, I mean, in that situation, I didn't. Anyway, so it went on, and I was given this and given that and given the other. And then somebody kept writing to me on a postcard, Bethnal Green, are you a fucking Jew? Oh, no. What does a fucking Jew look like? Are you? And I used to get these on a regular basis. Yeah. And in the end, enough is enough. So I asked my cameraman to have a Big close-up of the man's address and his name, all his details. And I was the other side. He puts all his details on racism. He's a schmop. What does he know if he's going to write to me? (laughs) And so where he lived and and all the rest of it. And the the other side was my face, very big. And I said, and I'm curious to know what does a Jew look like. 
And the hand went on my shoulder when I came out saying, we do not ask you to play politics. We ask you to be funny. People like dogs. Talk about dogs. So I think my brother and the vigilantes went round, never heard from him again. I think it was a baseball bat. Best of fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But those kind of things happened all the time. And then I breastfed my daughter, who's now 35, on air. And that was another one. Where was that? TVAM. Oh, right, on on camera. She was hungry. Good on you. That's and, it. Yeah, yeah, she was hungry. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. And right. I put a cushion. I think it was the oh, left okay, right. one. Yeah. It could have been the right one. I don't know. But I put, And we had sackloads of mail yeah. from women. And then I was taken to the office because somebody slagged me off in the newspaper. So I tried to be really hip. And had I put pale makeup on and flick-ups and a leather jacket. And I was called into the boss and he said, you may totally, it was from Australia, you may totally taste this remarks. You were wearing leather, which is redolent <laughs> of an attitude of arrogance and defiance. Well. <laughs> and he'd yeah, been, and yeah. he'd been, but they'd been trying to get me out right. for ages because oh, okay. my politics. And you I were was, hanging out with the cool kids, yeah. smoking cigarettes. Yeah. So, I mean, but I was sacked on <laughs> yeah. the spot and I, I was know. the main breadwinner and that was awful. Yeah, That's terrible. Because, I mean, you, you, say, you said you're 73, I wasn't going to ask, but... um. You've. I tried. I was looking at some stuff you'd done, and I I couldn't keep up. I thought, wow, you've you've done that that thing of wanting to be like an actress. You've done it. I and started you've kept, as an actress. Yeah, and you've kept through with the presenting the radio. You've now you've, I'm you've done it. You made the career. Oh, you're writing now. I now write, and I'm. We're about to launch a podcast. Oh, which is really great. Sorry, okay. is that me saying? Uh, no. <laughs> the thing is, nobody. Well, I didn't. I had. I knew when I was three what I was going to do. I was standing Did you see on something. Sta- no, I was on stage wearing a dress that had been sent from the Jews in Canada, and I was singing "Tootsie Goodbye." Tut-tut. And I knew then. I didn't know any more than three lines, right. but I got a huge round of applause. Right. That will do me. Yeah, the spotlight. But, but I grew up in shit in um in the East End. Yeah, and I used to get bullied <clears throat> a lot. Because I was dark and hairy, and my father was a gunner, as we would say. He was not a very nice geezer. And so they'd hear my father having to go at my mother, and they attacked me. Yeah. And at the age of five, I had the thing if you speak differently, if you learn how to talk, you will get through this. And it was as clear as that at the age of five. And that's all I did. That's all I did. I started as a musician and I ended up doing what I did. And oh. I've, I've just rolled with it. Yeah. I've never said, ooh, I want to be, which is why I'm skint and I don't have any uh, profile and I don't have, <laughs> well, a CBE or a note. I'm not that I probably accept it, but. You- right. Oh, you reminded me of something, actually. Oh, okay. That's right. They're going to have to hold on one second. Update to a previous show. Right. We, I, I was reading out some people that had refused OBEs. But I didn't have time to write down why, and it sort of ruined the whole thing. So I did a quick update. I thought we should update everyone with why these people. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to go through 10. Yeah, I think it's yeah. important to know who that you're not on your own in the world. Um, what, with not, in not having an OBE? No, and some people aren't just part of the system, whatever that yeah, means. I don't mean yeah, to be. Yeah. So um, David Bowie, he turned one down. Yeah. Um, why? Turned down. He said, I would have... 
I never. Oh, sorry, I mean, I mean, dyslexic. So when I read on white, no, because it would be rude. Um, oh. So I would never have any intention of accepting anything like that. I seriously don't know what it's for. It's not what I spent my life working for. And that's David Bowie. You think he could go? Yeah, I'm well, just giving the bloody things. Like they're thinking about their lives afterwards, aren't they? Um, John Lennon. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, sent his MBE back in protest at the British involvement in the Nigerian civil war in 1966. What take, was going take, on there? Uh, take your pick, really. I mean, yeah. like the horrible shit, like a British history. It's like, yeah, all, all of it. You know, one part, all, just, yeah, the whole lot. Whole yeah. Brit- most of British history. Uh, yeah. George Harrison um, okay. uh, was not happy when Paul McCartney was, <laughs> was not happy when Paul McCartney was knighted. Um, he said to have been insulted by the snub um, and resented being in the shadow of McCartney. So that's not really a moral stand, is it? That's, I would have taken it, but. Um, this, <laughs> I, I didn't send this one. So French and Saunders um, turned down OBEs for services to comedy and drama. So you think, well, what's the... And they said, um, they explained later down the road, uh, I felt I deserved a damehood. If I, if, if I felt I deserved a damehood, I'd accept it, she told Source magazine. At the time, we felt that we were being paid very well to have a lot of fun. It didn't seem right somehow. We didn't deserve a pat on the back, it felt a bit fake to stand alongside people who devoted their lives to truly worthy causes. And that's good because they are, it's comedy and drama, you know, you're just, and they said, no, we don't deserve it compared to the people we have to stand by. Um, Stephen Hawking, do you think why he turned his down? Which is strange as well again. Uh, I I don't know, go for it. It's nothing, it was, um, it it was like I said, it was turned down because the government had um, drastically reduced, reduced science funding in the UK oh, yeah. at that time. John Snow. Does anyone know who John Snow is? Yeah, the newsreader, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he did a, a, he, a, he'd done a documentary, or had a documentary coming up called Secrets of the Honor System. <laughs> so it didn't, didn't seem right to then go and accept the He must have gone, oh, if you only just asked me. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it didn't seem right to have done a show like that or coming up with then going to get that's, that's, cool. that's cool, that's yeah. cool. But at least he admitted it. At least, at least he's standing by his principles yeah. as well. That's so rare. You know what I mean? You're like, what? <laughs> Martin Sheen, the Welsh actor. What has yes. he done? I know that I knew the face. I couldn't well, think he of did he did that wonderful two hander with Tennant, David Tennant. He's done loads yeah. of stuff. Okay. The Queen. Uh that's right. The Queen. Uh, Underworld. Uh, I was just Underworld. Well, the, that's a bit of a sciencey film. Nixon. Why did he turn his down? Will it be political when it's straight political? No. It was to do with um, he, he looked into the, the British and Welsh sort of back history. Um, and he said, no, no, I don't think I'd be a hypocrite to Welsh people exactly. to accept it. Yeah. And here's one I didn't expect. Nigella Lawson. Why do you think she turned one down? Uh, I don't know. Her dad's a bit of a maniac, isn't he? So. No, nothing too specific to be, but she said, I'm not saving lives and I'm not doing anything other than something I absolutely love. All she's doing is using a microwave. Yeah. That's what she is called that the mi- No, that's what she called the microwave. Yeah, microwave. <laughs> oh, that's one of those things that you have to nick for the rest of your life just to annoy yep. people. <laughs> and I didn't see it coming either, so that's quite a good one. Um, Skepta. I didn't even know who this was. Skepta. Skepta. Yeah, yeah. Well, good for him. Hang on, who is it? He's you don't it. know who it He's is. He's a rapper. Come on. Yeah, of course he is. I, oh, no. I didn't know that. What are we like? My daughter's a musician. I should know these things. Skepta. Top, well, he's born top the same as me. Uh, so I'm good. Are we Spurs fans? I don't like football. 
I don't I don't care whether you like it or not. Are we Spurs fans? <laughs> Who? You, me, I am. Come on. Yeah, up the Spurs. Carry on. Carry on. Um, um, so I'll give him his thing because I didn't know who he was. He turned down an MBE for the 2017 New Year's Honours. He dropped the bombshell on his song Hypocrisy. In the second verse of Hypocrisy, the oh, he's a grime artist raps, just came back from the Ivers. What's that? The, the, I, I have a Novello Awards. Oh, okay. Songwriting Awards. Oh, so good to have somebody trendy such as yourself <laughs> in. Ivers. Trendy? And look at what we collected. The MBE got rejected. I'm not trying to be accepted. There's a little bit of hip hop there. For the, yeah, uh, yeah. Good uh, for the him. Under 40s. Yeah. <laughs> um, John Cleese. Why did he accept? I thought he was well in with the establishment. Any idea? No, no, well, he must have seen hypocrisy somewhere, mustn't he? Um, he declined because he felt staying in England during the winter months to fulfil his role as a working peer was too much of a price to pay. Oh, yeah, working wow. he lives oh, in he was, he was, uh, sorry. Caribbean, doesn't he, I think? I don't know where he lives, but that's good. That's a committed man who doesn't want to Yeah, sit. he was offered a peerage and, and a CBE, but he said the CBEs are silly. <laughs> Fair enough. He should know. <laughs> Danny Boyle, one of the best uh, yeah. directors in the UK. It's just not me, he said. He added, thousands were involved in executing the ceremony. You make those speeches about this, everybody's work, blah, 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 and you've got to mean it. And I didn't mean it, and it is true. And it's the only way you can carry on something like that through the efforts of all these people. I don't know whether I'll ever get invited back to the palace. Um, so I think he was talking about the Olympic ceremony award at yeah, the Olympic yeah, ceremony. Yeah, yeah. Ronald Dahl. Well, that's interesting because in his youth, he was a bit of an old racist, was that yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> uh, and supposedly worked for the Secret Service or something, military intelligence. I don't know. I, war, you I sit there because you know everything. Is that why you're there? <laughs> you, you, you've got a head full of facts. Yeah. Why did he. Do you know, <laughs> it's not that moral. So, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory author Ronald Dahl rejected. Rolled. Roll. It's not. Oh, yeah, me dyslexia put an end no, in there. He's yeah, not rolled, rolled. Oh, God, I've only rolled. just realised that. Yeah. Rolled up, rolled. What names? Where's that? Rowell. Is it's, that a stage name? Com- no, 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 no. It's Scandinavian. Rolled. Okay. Uh, 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 rejected OBE in the 1986 News Honours. It's thought that he was, he was hoping for a knighthood instead, but he apparently died in 1990 and didn't get either. I see. Uh, you start playing games. Um, I don't know who this is. Do you accept one? No, no. Why? I was just a few months ago, well, my background, poverty and having to look up at the wall. I was at the, in a restaurant in Windsor and I wasn't a fan of the menu. I don't like them individually as individuals. It's just the thing I don't like. And sat at a restaurant looking up at Windsor Castle and actually seeing that's a castle. This isn't in a book. This is real. And I said, what made it more human or worse for me was I saw a little window open and somebody put a light on. So it wasn't even like this ethereal thing. It was like a living place. And Windsor's got a lot of homeless people. And I just thought, this is, this is an embarrassment. In fact, when uh, I got a TV after 20 years, so I put, put a TV in the flat, and it, one of the first things it was on was, what happened with the Queen recently? There was something on a Saturday or a Sunday. Jubilee? Yeah. Is it a birthday? Is that uh, what it is? 70th oh, okay. year of being Queen. And I was watching all these people come up the stairs and going in, I thought, this is a pantomime. This isn't something you should be taking seriously. Like, and it, but the watch is looking up at that wall at Windsor. I was like, this is what's going on here. My brain can't handle this is real. This is laughable. Okay. What? During the Jubilee, I think it was, I think we did a show actually. And then afterwards I went down to Trafalgar Square and just to see what was going on. 
because I think my cousins were down there. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll, I was thinking maybe I'll see them in a, in a sea of 80,000 people. I'll be like, oh, look, there they are. Yeah, brilliant. All right. Um, so, but what I did is I bought a burrito. Um, I ate it. I hung around for about 20 minutes and then I went home. Um, it wasn't really, it was like a, it was like a festival. It was like a music festival when none of the acts were ever going to show up. It yeah. just had that vibe of like people just hanging around in a big group. Did you? But there was no event. You know what I mean? It's not like it's like, it's like a football match, but then there's no match. And that's because you know? it was done for the television. Yes. So we, you know, you were just like rent a crowd, really. Yeah. Yes. Well, if I could see with them, it's just, just one yeah. big PR event. It's just constant PR event after PR event. I'm going to come back to the awards thing after the, uh, this. What do you say? This, what do you say? It's like a big ceremony. What was the word you used? Uh, event. Jubilee. No, don't worry. I'll come back to that thing. Uh, anyway, so the last one. Um, Hang on, those two. Jim Broadbent. Lovely Jim Broadbent. What what did he do? Well, Jim Broadbent is a is a really lovely actor, but he's he came from a kind of most of us when we started in the early 70s were all progressively on the left. Yeah. Jim Broadbent was one of those. Yeah, on the left. Okay. Yeah. Uh sometimes he didn't think it was right to accept it. He said, I'm not that comfortable with actors receiving honours, partly because I think they ought to go to those who really help others. Besides, I like the idea of actors not being part of the establishment. Exactly. We are vagabonds and rogues, and we're not part of the authorities and establishments, really. If you mix the two together, things get blurry. That's quite good. Yeah. Um, and lastly, um, uh, British poet Benjamin Zephaniah. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Here with you. Well, you know Benjamin Zephaniah. I know the name. I don't know. His wonderful dread comes from um, near... Is South he London? Birmingham? He's not Wolverhampton. Oh, He's he Birmingham, yeah. Um, his response to being offered an OBE um, was suitably poetic. He wrote Zephaniah. Me, I thought. OBE, me, up yours. <laughs> I thought... <laughs> I get angry when I hear the word empire. It reminds me of slavery. It reminds me of thousands of years of brutality. It reminds me of how my foremothers were raped and my forefathers brutalized. Which is, I hope you didn't put that on the letter and send it back. That's quite harsh. Well, I it's think, true. It, the, well, I think it's just yes or no. Yeah. Like, yeah well, sure. No, thank you. Would have been yeah. fine. That letter back to him saying no thanks would have been fine. But they know that. Yeah. They know that. Yes. The royal family know that they've raped and pillaged yeah. and... The whole of our society is based on that. Sorry. So talking of, yeah. um, oh, what was the word you used? It's like a concert or something. Use the word. Anyway. Festival. Festival, that was it. Wow. Have you seen, um, there's two, actually two documentaries on Netflix. Just one of those things that just happens every now and again that you've got to watch. And it was, you know, um, Woodstock. So they did mm -hmm. Woodstock. They did and they the did album. Woodstock in 99. Oh, God. And did you see the documentary on what happened? Uh, I am familiar with some of the events of Woodstock it's, 99. It's just come on Netflix now. Yes. So you imagine it was just capitalism going, do you remember Woodstock? Right. Well, we're going to have a modern Woodstock. The problem is replace weed and LSD with alcohol, right? And capitalism, like just ripping Woodstock. There was no Woodstock was just the name. Everything else was privatized. So, like, they were selling water bottles for $4 in the 90s. So, F, there were signs on saying capitalist pig and all that. Like, there was people, see, they privatized the water being sold there. Um, every person turning up, topless, groups of 20s, didn't know, never heard the word Woodstock before. A couple of people sort of wandering through the crowds, trying to not be um, assaulted. Um, 
instead of sort of Jimi Hendrix and these sort of people, they had like Smash the Machine or these people. Smash that, the I don't know, whatever the names are. Some black was literally in the fetal position, screaming in the microphone, singing, dressed in black on yeah. the floor. And I think this isn't really Woodstock. Then they had some rapper. It's not, it's not Woodstock vibe. Yeah. I'd say like tonally. I think there was a, there was a rapper. Yeah. One of them, one of no a rock rap or something. Oh, yeah. Kid, kid rock, something like that. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that was the, a thing. The, the guy on the guitar had no clothes on at all. That was a thing. Whatever. The other guy was jumping up and down. Shane, let's smash the place to pieces. When uh, was this? 99 was Woodstock. 99. 99. Um, there was no water. The toilet facilities all completely broke down. They weren't being fixed. So that went everywhere. Um, they all leaked everywhere all over the place. The water got polluted. The health and safety has to come in. The guy said from the water board, he came in and he took samples. He said, I came back the next day and all the Petri dishes were full of like bacteria. People were sliding in the mud thinking it was water, but it was sewage. Oh. He said people were coming out like going to the hospital. They had all colds in their mouth like the next day. They had the water problem. People started stealing, robbing. There were multiple gang rapes uh, yeah, because all the that's... girls were turning up with the tops off. The, if you It reminded me of sort of jackass, them sort of guys. Like there was no wood stop. They were sort of guys carrying around a piece of wood and smashing his head on the piece of wood. It was groups of like jumping on you. Yeah, we're here to do this. We're here to do that. This and that. And then in their wisdom... At the end, the one of the last nights is like three days of like hell. Like they've had to go on a PR mission to say like everything's fine, even though all the assaults is like thousands of people have been sick with hydration. They speak to the ambulance man. He said, "This I wanted to go home." He said it was just it didn't stop. There's just the sickness and the violence and the blah blah blah. And then the last day when everyone hasn't slept, drunk for the filth, there he said everyone's saying it absolutely stunk. People were leaving they decided as a sort of sign of peace, like they still think it's what they handed out a hundred thousand candles on the last night, three days in everyone pissed off. The pl- whole place was burnt to the ground. I was just going to say sewage <laughs> the pi- the gone pi- up in flames. The presenters that they spoke to from MTV there literally had to, they had to get out of there. They said, right, we don't need to get you out of here now because they were pulling down the sound barriers like tippling over things where the cameras were and smashing them up. I mean, this is that that it, it was quite bad. But I mean, this is kind of like most festivals. Though. No, <laughs> like this they, was, there was an element the whole of thing, like they were turning over the chaos. lorries, they were turning over the cars, setting fire to everything. Things, propane gas tanks were blowing up all the lorries because they were setting fire to stuff. Then they moved to where the production houses were on the back end of the field because they were. It was like midnight. Everyone had to basically escape. The production had to barricade themselves in the buildings to stop people getting in. They were setting fire to everything. They were overturning the cash machines that were there, robbing everything. The the the, the National Guard had to come in. It was a big in. success then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, it, it was, it lived in the memory for different reasons. Yeah. I think Woodstock is... But very, the whole you know, place, it was absolute fear but... of the people that worked there. The lady from she said, she said, we, the, the, the one the back, um, one, there was a singer, like a Cheryl Crow type figure had gone on there and they were just screaming at her to get her clothes off. And she was sort of like trying to be funny and then, and then she said, I'm just getting out of here. And they had to rush her off the stage to get her out of here. And the people that hired on, the, the rapper was, let's smash the place. Fuck, this is so fashion. And people started smashing up the place. Anyway, so the whole place, when you, the, the, they, it starts with a camera crew coming in. 
and it's just it looks like Beirut. There's just burn everything's just burning cinders. They were pulling down wall. Then they show the PR of the guy that owns it. He said, "No, they were just they were trying to take um, souvenirs." <laughs> cars get blown up all over the place and the, but everyone was in danger they had to barricade themselves in because it was just filth um so go and watch it just to see what's it called it's called um woodstock 99 okay it's on um uh, netflix said there were two the other one just one of those things that happened there was a you have to forget everything you know about the police force now okay this is the 80s which you shouldn't it's only the 80s it's called gladbeck does that mean anything to you so in oh, Germany, the place, I think it, the place was called Gladbeck. Oh, it's a place, a place there was in Germany. A, three, two guys and a woman escaped from jail. They, I think they were lifers. Got nothing to lose. I think they kidnapped somebody or something. Um, the whole documentary is used just with the video footage of the time. Like, no, nothing else. It's just footage. They escape, blah, blah, get a gun. They want somebody to speak to. They're going to kill someone. The journalists turn up. Police don't want to get involved because they don't know what to do. There was no, they didn't have snack squads like they did now in Germany. That was the eighties. Yeah. Um, you know, they were a bit worried about setting up forces in Germany, back, even back in the eighties. But, um, so they didn't have any sort of official thing. Well, to... A lot of police forces had this problem, like seventies and eighties. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, did yeah. in this country. I mean, the Hungerford sheep massacre, like the police weren't really equipped to deal with yeah. that. Like a guy walking around, one guy walking around yeah. with like one gun. Yeah. Like they were just like, uh, what do we do? Um, we have to get the armed response squad from like London or something. You know what I mean? We got to get the anti-terrorism or the army in. Like well, they just really just didn't know how to handle apparently it. Apparently a law because of this, where journalists aren't allowed to fraternize with the um, cri- criminals. Because what happened is the journalists all turned up to this kidnapping and started edging towards this guy and speaking to him. And he was quite an affable bloke. Like one was a nutter. You could tell, and the woman was sort of in between, and he was just like, "Yeah, I've got nothing to live for. I don't care." This oh. this sounds like this film, uh, "Dog Eat Dog," where this camera crew meet like a serial killer, and they end up like, oh yeah, just yeah, sort of hang. I yeah. think it's a Norwegian film, yeah, Danish film, and like, yeah, they send out oh. Belgian. I can't remember, but yeah, they end up sort of hanging around him and sort of helping him get away and dispose yeah. of bodies and stuff. So they become, well, you know, sort of implicated. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, these ones, the, the sort of all the camera crews turn up. It goes on for three days. So they turn up. This guy's like, blah, blah, blah. The people are going, where's the police? Where's the police? He's going to kill someone. And anyway, he said, well, I want a car. I wasn't going to kill someone. And they're getting annoyed on his bar saying, like, they go through all the repertoire. Get this man a car and a yeah. shotgun. Yeah. He ends up, I think he ends up taking the, 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 the journalist that he likes. He gives him his car. So then he drives off somewhere. Then they catch up with him. But now he's jumped onto a bus, the three of them, and taken all the things hostages so now it's escalated and he's coming out with his demands if he wants this and wants that. Police still won't get involved because they don't know what to do. But all the journalists, there's like 30 journalists with cameras sitting there with cameras talking to him, giving him cigarettes. Why are you doing this? Well, I'm annoyed at this and I didn't do that. Where did you grow up? And it goes, you get to the point they've got nothing else to say to him because he's answered everything. They're just sitting there like in silence, just smoking a cigarette. And then he starts getting annoyed because they're not turning up to do things. The woman, they move the bus to another location. So he's jumped from one person to now he's got a bus full of people, kids, everything. They go to another location. They're stopping at shops to sort of go in and get food coming out. They're all on speed, like they're off the red. Um, and then uh, the woman has to go to the toilet. I think like the next day she has to go to the toilet. She goes into a shop and they, they start playing the subtitles for the radio communications between the police and they don't know what to do. And so do we grab her? Do we not? And they went, yeah, yeah grab her. So they, they pile in, grab her, take her away. Then the guy finds out that the girl that went in to use the toilet has been nabbed. 
He starts saying, you better get her back or I'm going to kill someone. They have to, it takes 45 minutes to bring her back. Put, they bring her back. They brought her back from the police station, put her on the this coach. Is like This is like a sort of Tarantino script that never got made. And I mean, now, this, is, this like, is like all the news channels know. So they're all there with cameras and video footage and the, the few of them like him and they're quite admirable guys. So the other one is like the wide-eyed, I will shoot someone. And he's having to calm the other one down. Like, and this is all being filmed. They don't turn the cameras off. Then they drive somewhere else. They say, I want a car. The journalist is having to go to the police and say, listen, this is what he wants. Will you bloody well give him it? And then they get a car, but they take a hostage. Somebody does get shot on the the, the coach. Um, they give him, he wants to say, I want a BMW M5. So they give him a BMW M5. They, he drives off and all the journalists get in their cars, like the wacky races, and just follow him to the next town. And so they're thinking, thank God, now it's a different police force. But then it all starts again. He goes into a town centre there's, everyone knows who he is now because they're all watching this. This is like two days in. They're watching it on the cameras and the live stream. So they all go to, everyone goes to meet this guy in the car during a kidnapping. Right. I th- This actually sounds like the script for Demolition Man, if you've seen that. Where Sylvester Stallone. It's Sylvester Stallone, where in the future, basically, they have a, a, they very, nice, a very nice, safe society, yeah. very PC, very chilled. Everyone's like, oh, very polite. Yeah. And then one gangster turns up from like 1990 and just like, blows their society They don't know how to deal with violence. They just don't know how to deal with it. They're like, ah, <laughs> this guy's just murdering and pillaging. And he's just, it's like, it's like a video game. But when you're watching like, oh, it, cool, no the rules. main guy is really it's like this. quite it's like, nice. They just, they just don't know how to deal with like, he's a bad guy, but he's just yeah. one dude. But you I just mean, they turn the what? cameras and the sort of police 200 feet away, just standing there. Well, like cigarettes. peering out beyond the corner. Yeah, like they don't know what to do. <laughs> and because he's moved to another town, it's sort of reset. I have to but, say, where's this famous German efficiency, eh? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, but this, so they go to this town centre. They go in, they're bringing them out coffees and like croissants and things. And they're just sitting there in the car talking, having cigarettes yeah. with them all. Meanwhile, they've got the girl now who sat there in the back. So there's the guy in the front, the woman's there, another guy in the back with the girl with the gun to throw it like that. And he's talking to her again, and how are you, you think? And she's going, yeah. she's clearly in shock. How are you, blah, blah, blah. Is everything okay? Are you going to do this? Do you think, shall I, how, how about I come and you can take her? No, no, no. But she looks a bit scared. The woman's going, whatever his name is, take the gun, you're hurting her. Like, take the gun away. But he's like, this. And you think, oh, he's going to go. And the woman, but they're, they're just yapping, friendly, laughing. He's sitting there having a cigarette, another box of drink, more coffees are coming out. They're sitting there. This is the second day. Um, and then he says, right, we're going to go now. And there's, but there's like 200 people surrounding the cars trying to get photos. There's one guy going, this is disgusting. This is disgusting. So this is two days in. He's all over the news. Police still haven't got involved in it. And then um, they have to drive off. And the journalist is going to people, get out the bloody way. Let him go. Let him move out. So then they have to drive off again. Um, and then they lose them. They drive off down the road. And this is sort of the third day is that they find, they've, they've accelerated off and they've found them somewhere. Um and if you don't, that's why it's not films. But um, the, their police eventually, on the third day, decide the best thing to do with the woman in the back is when the car was going down the motorway, they get two no, they get yeah. two Mercedes and they slam into it. Okay, car flips over. Uh, the the girl gets shot and killed. One of the guys dies in the car crash. The car's upside. You go. What is that? That's your plan to get save somebody was to wait till they're out in the motorway and slam into them with two cars and flip the car over. So then the, the, the guy, I mean, he shot the girl anyway. But when you're watching it, I'm thinking, oh, this is quite funny. This has been going for so long. But then you have to keep looking at the girl who's like this for a day. She's had this thing to her throat like that with this guy. 
And they said then there was a law that was, it was a massive investigation. Nobody took um, blame for it and nobody got arrested because of it. The, um, the, they all sort of blamed the mayor. Um, he quit or something like that. I said the girl got shot. She's only 18. Um, and they said, but because of that, then journalists are now not allowed to have anything to do with the thing. Because for two, there, there's, there's nothing left to say to this guy. They've been talking for so long, they're just yapping about anything. Tell us about your background. What are you, but, and you're looking and the girl in the back with a gun like that the whole time. He's just got this gun to her neck. And you think, I thought I thought you were going to say it was like uh, Dog Day Afternoon, where he they kept going. Okay, could, could you mind just pointing the, like point yeah. the gun down, please? Because you know, in case you yeah. get a bump, <laughs> and he's going to go. Okay, cool. And then he's going to go blam. Well, it was funny yeah, when the lady says, "Look, she looks over." She goes, "Oh, look, you, this girl isn't." And the woman says, "What's something? Take your gun. You're scaring her. Take the gun from her because he's like this, and he sort of does this, but he's scared that." And he's like, "Jesus Christ!" Like, but when you watch it play out, you go. I don't understand. There was no police. This doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, so that's not like two random documentaries. You've got to watch them just as a, just I need to now. You <laughs> tell me. No, but I think sometimes you need to see these things. I mean, I was like when, because I got the TV, um, I automatically know everything about world war two, black and white and color. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing, there was nothing else to watch, but I, I tried to watch through it just to figure out what happened. I can't watch the uprising. I have to watch from like, if there's 10 episodes, I can only watch from seven onwards. I refuse to watch them when they're gloating and everything's, I, I put it on at seven when they start sweating. You only like, you know, like it's where they start going the other way. Yeah. yeah. I literally, I tried it. I thought, no, and I skipped another, no. And I, I read the thing. I thought, right, I'll start there. And I read the seventh one where they start turning on each other. I thought, right, okay, I don't want to watch the uprising. Um, yeah, so anyway, so this is my show. So yeah, Jenny, so you've done everything. It's absolutely fantastic. You've made you've made it work. That thing that when people leave acting school and presenting, you've made it work. You've gone through how, how many generations is that then of acting? Six? What are we? Six decades. Nineteen seventy to now. It's five decades, isn't five. it? What what's we've heard about the sackings and things. What were your best memories? Oh, there's loads of them nothing amazing but something you go oh i really like that job oh i gardening I, uh, that was an interesting are you job. an actual gardener then that's what I, you did it or is it just a yeah presenting? i mean i sort of am I, i've got uh, i haven't got the patience you oh, weed no. and then you go back and there's a weed and then you pull it out and there's another fucking weed and so it goes on <laughs> but we have got a lovely garden and I, I did i'd spent two days ago potting things okay. But there's uh, little memories. One is um, sitting next to Gene Hackman. He's 96 now. And I couldn't speak. Wow. Because we're talking 1980, 81. James Taylor was on the same show and he dedicated a song to me and I thought I was going to have a heart attack. And little Richard signed me a photograph right. because TVAM had all these starry people. But I'm th- I, And on Good Food Live, uh, we birthed Gino DeCampo and okay. we birthed Paul Hollywood. Okay. And we brought, I say we, because I'm a team player. Yeah. I like working with... So the TVAM, you enjoyed being there? Uh, well, yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, it was my first job in television oh. and I was embarrassed by it because I'd been this girl on stage with my fist in the air, right, spitting yeah. at police fans. Yeah. Um, and then I so I, I often pretended it wasn't me. Somebody stopped me in, Dick, in the Dickens Inn in Wapping and said, there's a girl on telly looks just like you. I said, is there? Because <laughs> I was embarrassed. Why, um, why were you so 
lefty, if you know what I mean. What, because what... my my because of your upbringing and think like the outsider. Yeah, my father. Well, it... look, I was born in the East End right, in 1949, yeah. and my father had fought the fascists. And, oh, and, and somebody who was in our life was a guy called Jack Dash, who was a Dockers leader. But ever, most Jewish people of that, I say most, a lot of people were on the left because yeah, yeah. of what had happened. And I grew up, my father was a boxer. And when I got sacked from TVAM, he said, what's the matter with you? And I said, well, I, do you know, I feel like I'm cornered. And he said, well, the boxing <laughs> ring's got four right. rings and you're only in one of them. Get yeah. up and get out. Yeah. So my relationship is us and them. Yeah. It's still us and them. Yeah, you can never really catch up. It's always because well, those cause younger the, years. But also the polarisation of what's happening now. We're sitting like dead ducks and we're watching them screw the shit out of us we don't have to be paying this amount of money for electricity and gas they don't in france they aren't anywhere else yeah. and they're making billions and we're, we're sitting there going it's awful yeah. isn't it posting record profits i might add bp bonuses and, uh, through yeah, the roof gas, things are going yeah. great the shareholder dividends paying up billions in shareholder yeah, dividends yeah. in the last couple of months huh. yeah well this yeah. is why well, i'll turn the radio on i have to turn it off i think well, my turn... words are are you going to do anything no then why just carry on complaining no, 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 no. that's what but when like. i i write a blog and when i get angry i have one or two people in my life who say, I'm very upset about your anger. Where do you get your anger from? Well, where do you want to begin? And, and one, of, one woman said to me, it feels like you're attacking me. And I should have said, if the cap fits, wear it. But I didn't say that. <laughs> but my, my experience of growing up, I was different and I didn't know that I yeah. was different. But then we're all different in our yeah. own ways. But we were the Jews. We were moved out. We were slum clearance. And there was a lot of anti-Semitism when yeah. I was growing up. Big time, big time. And then I, because I was this kind of, I, as a kid, I was a protege on the piano. I had a syndrome. Yeah. Um, it's not that, well, it sort of is there now, but I'm, I'd stopped. Yeah. And I got my mother to write an essay for me about going on holiday because I knew that this posh school was going to ask, what did you do on your summer holidays? I didn't have holidays when I was 31. Oh, didn't know what holidays yeah. were. And so my mother wrote me this thing called Stop at them, which was stop at home. Stop at them, yeah. And I, I had my, my brother's blue V-neck sweater and I had it under my sleeve. And I got the into letter. the... The little essay that oh, yeah, she'd yeah, written yeah, me, this yeah. wonderful little essay, and I went in and I copied it, and they thought I was a genius. Of course they did. My mother had written it. Right. And I was there for two years, but my father couldn't afford all the uniform, which you had to buy from Harrods, because there were brown knickers and brown overshoes. Was it a private school? It was a two-year oh, private right. school, which I got a scholarship I had to. had to buy from Harrods. Think yeah, yeah. And my father walked into Harrods with a bulging back yeah. pocket with all the money he'd done in the markets, yeah. all that stuff. And when it got to Wimbledon in the second year I was there, the whole school went and I tried to get on the coach and the head teacher said, oh. not you. And I was left alone. Now, I'd been done for wearing a CND badge and I'd been done for eating a Mars bar at the bus stop and I'd also been done for, not, for taking my brown berry off, which you weren't meant to do. But they left and I watched the coach with 169 kids and I, so I walked in dog shit found it in the gardens and walked it through 
all over their carpets and in the... get a bit of justice back. Uh, and you've been doing that ever since and I have <laughs> through the media that. landscape. The... <laughs> Metaphorically, I should say. But well. I mean, and but the thing is that then I went to a secondary modern school for two years, yeah. and secondary modern schools then were fantastic. We had an organic garden, and we had this. That. And then I went to the grammar school, and when I got to the grammar school, a bit like you, I suddenly thought, oh. This is what it's like to learn. Yeah. And there's books and there's teachers and there's quiet. And I got all the exams that I needed. And there was a teacher there, Mr. Rangey, who took me by my wrist and said, you will go to drama school. Yeah. We didn't know what drama school was, and he paid for all my auditions. Really? Uh, so it's, wow. in answer to your question, really, it's always come to me. And I've always been open. I, I haven't. It's a terrible thing to say. I haven't really made a decision until, well, when I when I had to give the flat up in Battersea, when I left Radio London, and I did a lot of work for Radio Sussex. That was a gorgeous job, very local. But that's a job I like. Yeah. Brighton. I mean, what don't you yeah. love? And there was a next door, a lovely coffee place. COVID stopped everything. And then you're faced with, who are you? Yeah. So I went to see a friend of mine who is a kind of mad witch doctor therapist. Lovely. And, and she said to me, <laughs> "Cool." she's not a friend, well, she is a sort yeah. of friend. She said to me, didn't you know you were going to get old? I said, no. She said, didn't you know that you were going to run out of money? I went, no. She said, didn't you know that you were going to become unknown? I said, no. Why would I think that? She said, well, you're old, poor, and nobody knows who the fuck you are. Get on with it. And I had 10 minutes of where you go dry in your mouth and your body pixelates in your skin. And then I thought, get on with it. And so after rocking backwards and forwards in the chair, I've always written, but now I write. I've written a comedy drama, which we're doing. Um, oh, and what's the, um, you said you've got a podcast? We haven't started it yet. We are about to launch it. And I was thinking about this place. Um, I don't know how we're going to do it yet, but it's caught. I, I mustn't give it away. They told me to keep quiet. <laughs> but it's, it's coming from where I'm coming from now, which is old, except it's an energetic thing. I read, I read in the paper on Sunday, if you're cheerful, you walk into a room, everybody else feels cheerful. Yeah. So people don't think I'm 73. I couldn't give a fuck if they do think I'm 73, but I haven't got the energy of a 73-year-old because I haven't caught up with it yet. Yeah. I was going to say you actually have a bit of energy. Like- <laughs> I do, well. Yeah. Oh, some of the people I've had to talk to. Um, but my, what you don't see is, is that what you are, when you talk about being old and the thing, you don't see that that's now back in... Fashion. Of course I do. Listen, I am probably one of the most devious women you will ever... You know, <laughs> There's this way of, getting a compliment. No, no, uh, listen, yeah. with the compliments. Yeah. But one of the things that Marxism teaches you is opportunism. And when, I, <laughs> when, when the Good Food Live finished, I knew it had only just started, these blogging things, and they didn't want me to do it, but I did it. Yeah. And I started writing a blog, and I was telling them everything that was happening, that they're going to get rid of us, and they're going to do this, and there was a kind of outcry. And I knew I had a kind of instinct that that blog would do something yeah. for me. And about two months ago, I wrote a blog. Somebody wrote, what lovely, lovely writing, you old fart. 
And I contacted him, yeah. and it was a geezer I'd worked with in 1981, and we are doing the podcast. Yeah. And he's an award-winning BAFTA filmmaker, or this one or that one. So my opportunism is I'll sit very quietly. I can't I, – she's lovely. She knows is nodding, but I can't – plan my husband it drives him mad I, i'm really spontaneous and if my instinct says don't touch it with a fucking barge pole i don't but this podcast feels good yeah feels like we'll we'll do i don't know anything about it i've no idea how you No, but are you being you and the things you carry with you has now you're not the minority anymore and there's not many people like you to go to you're telling me i've got competition this is awful <laughs> yeah. i'm telling you haven't got com- the, the amazing that the, the the varied things that I listen to, they all, like these shows, they keep going, people keep talking about the word old school. They want the old school stories because everything's so cheap and tacky and lacking in knowledge and hollow and quite vacuous where you have to go back to stories of living and struggle and pain. And yeah, it's interesting that uh, I get... There seems to be more theatre in life like previously. I, I, don't, I talked to my cousin the other day and he was describing the movie Die Hard 4 as being old school. So... <laughs> Was it in black but, and white? But I think the thing that the key is, and I'm, I wrote in one of my blogs. Yeah. You know, we're living in historically hysterical times. Yeah. How do you survive it? And you, it's all psychobabble. But if you don't stay in the moment, absolutely in the moment, you are truly fucked. Yeah. And when you get to seventy-three, people say, "How are you?" And I say, "I woke up in the morning. I didn't die in my sleep." It's real because mm. you start thinking about death and the life at the end of the, the tunnel. And also, that's partly my problem with gardening because it just, it just thinks, is that what you do when you get old? Yeah, you've you still got that image of what yeah. it means. But, and I mean, of course, it's nonsense. It is, and so for me, the podcast that we will be doing is about being old, being ancient, being vintage, but... Mm. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a story. Yeah, yeah. When I lived in the East End in Wapping, I used to do yoga. And I had a wonderful teacher, Indira Nath, who used to say, look after your buttocks. You've got to put your buttocks further. Anyway, great. We left <laughs> London. As, as, true that, as true today as it was back <laughs> then. Yes. So how, I, how we wouldn't have known the future. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Then I ended up working at the BBC and I used to come up, and we used to make lots of little films, used to come up with an idea. And the idea was ancient and modern. And I sent somebody down to Hastings and there was Indira Nath, 84, oh, yeah. still teaching yoga. And I went to interview him and I said, do you remember me? Of course, I yeah, remember yeah. you. He said, you know, with a nodding head, yeah. brilliant. And I was holding his arm and then something said, I said, I shouldn't be holding your arm, should I? He said, no, I'm a swami. So I removed my arm. But this man had one meal a day, slept on one little bed, and people like from all over the place came to be taught yoga. What's happening is I think there's a transition in society. I don't understand the age of Aquarius, but I'm told that's what we're coming into. And one of the things that my dad used to say to me is when those capitalists are up against the wall, they will be like baying animals and they'll take everybody down. And that's what we're watching. We watch people in a corner screaming and fighting and the poor little fuckers, the interventions are getting the brunt of it. Um, 
I think most people in my industry, I didn't want to do presenting. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. I was doing a sitcom and somebody said, this is, um, what was TVAM? What do you call it? A current affairs program. I had no, I never, I'd never watched television. When I met Michael Parkinson, I kept calling him Malcolm, which is probably why they ended up sacking me. But (laughs) I, Michael doesn't like it when you call him Malcolm. Yeah. <laughs> he was lovely. In the end, he was great because he used to write all my own little shows. But it was that thing of understanding it's why you do this, of being useful. And when COVID happened and I didn't feel useful, now I'm beginning to see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you finding out, and I, I said to somebody, out of nowhere this has come out of absolutely nowhere and it feels like it's a little glimmer it feels like a piece of grass has poked through the concrete and that i'm about to start again because we're cycles because i think the transitioning of what's happening with global warming great i look beautiful with my tan skin but it frightens the shit out of me yeah, and no, i I'm, don't know what to do that about that, it. that is the thing is is uh, is for the record, we have been having uh, a few weeks of uh, very, very hot temperature. This is for our future listeners, if yeah. there are, if there is a future. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of, at, at, at the same time, it's kind of nice because it's sunny. We don't get a lot of sun in this country. But then there is a, the, the hotter it gets, there's a bigger thing at the back of my head. Yeah. Hopefully it's benign. Yeah. But it's um, but it's telling me that, yeah, um, this isn't good and this is getting worse and i can see it's been getting worse just in my lifetime like last 20 years yeah. i can see just just from looking but about see, but when you get where i am there was a wonderful writer called grace paley and in the beginning of a book she apologized to her kids and grandchildren for not changing society <laughs> i have such faith in that girl there and you people you know that from the even little people you know i i know a lot of tiny little people in my life Uh, and and one of them i bought an elephant and she said why you know you sponsor an elephant she said (laughs) why i said because i said what do you think is going to happen to the elephants she said i think they're going to die i said what do you want to do someone to save them so i bought an elephant Mm. but that generation and the father said to me i do hope that you are not you know causing insurrection in her life of course i yeah, I'm. I'm you Fight, know, yeah. dropping yeah. the seas yeah. all the time, and I. And it isn't in the end. It's not about politics because politics is corrupt and stinks the way we see it. And there's lies, and nobody knows what the truth is anymore. And you ask me what paper do I read? Well, I read the Daily Mail online. I don't pay for it because everything they say, I know the opposite is true. Right, yeah, just do the opposite. Yeah. Yes, I read The Guardian and The Daily Mail every yeah, day. Right. Uh, I even go on The Daily Mail um, comment section because I'm like, right, okay, what, do, what does the average crazy person on the bus really think? Yeah, and I'm no like, me. oh, oh, okay, this is as bad as I thought it yeah. would be. Exactly, um, but it, it's also, um, I don't, well, I do, I, I, I was a news junkie, not so much now, but ITV News, I am in love with Tom Bradby. I want to have his children if I had the ovaries. I want to massage him. I want to kiss him because he sits on national television and gives us comment. And finally, you've got cause the BBC, you can't do yeah. that. You've got to be impartial, right, yeah. which is why I was always oh, getting right, sacked. Yeah, yeah. But on ITV, they break stories bad and lovely it's nodding you know it's kind of you know terrible housing terrible this terrible that and that fucking eaten mess are just uh, well 
I can't speak. This is what my podcast will probably be about. Well, yeah, no, I, I say to everyone, they're not going to change and it won't even stay the same. They'll always push a little bit further. So this could be the good times. You don't even know it yet. It'll get worse and worse until you do something. Well, isn't that there's a I, saying? Um, I think and, things will. I, I think they I, have to change. Listen, nothing stays the same. Gone. Yeah, but you would have said that five years ago and they would have said that. Five, it's always worse. Yeah, but they've been there for 12 years and nobody's questioned it. And the yeah. pandemic, people's brains were yeah, fried. Yeah, that's accelerated it. Yeah. There's a, a saying, it slightly you know, it uses the wrong term, man, but it, um, oh, uh, t- uh, tough men produce easy times. Uh, easy times produce weak men. Weak men produce tough times, tough men. And it is, you do have to be pushed. And it's funny enough, I mean, I'm wearing the ring of Malcolm X, who said, when somebody asked him, why do you think things have become so popular now? He said, the season has to be right for the people. Yeah, when course. the season's right, it pushes up the roots yeah, of certain people. Yeah, but now you're people. too young. To, when were you born? What year? Oh, darling, I love it. What year were you born? Uh, 83. 83. So you bypassed the riots that we had. You know, there were riots. And... I was saying, when I had a band, when I was in a band, uh, um, I wrote um, Wolverhampton, a terrific little town where the Ku Klux Klan in the world. And it was one of those. <laughs> because I've lived through yeah, yeah, pure, yeah. We, you know, we started Rock Against Racism yeah. and I was on stage doing all that. So, so we've watched it happen. And when Steve Bannon got in, in America, that fascist yeah. I can't even say the word, Jeremy Hunt, when he got, he said every 70 years you have to dismantle society and that's what the fascist right wing are trying Mm. to do. There's a truth in that. You have to dismantle what's going on. The question is how do you rebuild? You do not do it with plastic grass turf. You have to think. Yeah, there's no point fixing it with the same models because human beings. What did Einstein say? Change. You, you, change. you can't change the thing with the very per- yeah. thing that you, you start with. And also Gandhi, all right? Look at old Gandhi with his bed sheet and his naked foot. So a woman went to him and said, tell my son not to eat sugar. He said, go away. Go away. She came back three weeks later. Tell my son not to eat sugar. He said, don't eat sugar. She said, how come you can tell me now not to eat sugar? But you could, He said, because... I've stopped eating sugar. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to go back to your honours list, if you're going to live the truth, if you're going to walk the walk and talk the talk, yeah. you've got to do it properly. And our mob up there, who is Liz Truss? What I'm asking, what kind of underwear does that woman read? Which I think she's a robot. <laughs> well, if she... A programmed robot. She looked like one of those... her underwear, just for a moment. Oh, do I have to? Yes, <laughs> because that underwear uh... will describe that tight, gusset those tight nasty little white bras that will go gray in the wash i don't wear any i don't wear any underwear i, I think they're clean I, i'll I, give her that i don't see i don't see her walking around and like think oh i should really change these you know what I mean? like, i'll give her that it's like going, oh, yeah but i i can robots, probably get robots another don't need underwear <laughs> In the past, I bet she went to the laundry basket and yeah. took out a pair of dirty drawers. We all have. But we've all we've all contemplated wearing swim, swimming trunks like, for a day. What do we make of Rishi, though? You see, there's another one. But it's I- just another one. It's, it's, there's nothing to pick from there. It's just well, no. One is exceptionally rich, and the other one is exceptionally stupid. I mean, it's just well. When the, I've said this before, when he had to go to the petrol station and he went in to pay with his card and he didn't know how to use the card and he put it up like that no, and yeah. the guy had to take. It. He doesn't know how to pay all of their. 
interactions with people and they take them out. You you can't, I'm sorry to interrupt. In fact, I'm not sorry to interrupt. But you cannot (laughs) underestimate what the job is. You cannot underestimate it. So do I fast for seven days? Why? Because I need energy if I'm going to be at the barricades. And the oldest expression in the world was, who, which side are you on? The working class don't know who it is anymore. The working class are so muddled and want to be upperly mobile. People who have nowhere to live, homelessness is going to go off the fucking Richter scale. And we all know this. And and that lovely Martin Lewis bloke saying, don't not pay your bills, just withdraw your direct debit. It faces me. I'm an old age pensioner. You're not paying me. I'll do this because I love you. I didn't know Thank I would, but I do. Um, and and we have got, you know, rocketing, whatever. I know how to live on a, on a fiver a day because I've done it. Yeah. But a lot of people don't. We've had such ease. Yeah. Um, ha- I'm asking you, your generation, what do we do? Um, <laughs> My, uh, I'm very palpable. You've got you've to start tearing things up and start again. You've got to look at the whole model. There's no point having more How do we do it? How, do we go within or do we do, do we throw no. Molotov cocktails? What it's, do we do? The roots have to change underneath to push everything out. So, so. you've got to, it's got to be that the system of politics has to change. This privatised school. I always say, just take money out of it. Whatever the system is, make sure there's removal of money from it. So if you're going to do that job, you can't, um, for 10 years after, you can't benefit from this, you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. A set of, a set of rules. The old git, my old git would say, everybody has to have a universal wage. You give everybody a universal wage. Well, they're wage. doing that in America, and they're actually they doing are. it in a couple they of are. cities to see yeah. how it works. And I'll tell you what, it's true, because I'm, again, boots on the ground. When I was um, uh, living in shared accommodation when I was younger, there was people there that were as nice as anybody else you'd know. Friendly, kind, warm. We had no money. They'd share 50p's. But they would force every now and again to go and break stuff or burg and they would put it off because they didn't have money where the, the bloody dole office would cancel you because yeah, they yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah, yeah, on one yeah. week or they'd have a special person to come down and would find all yeah. loopholes and you're, you can't get any... And they, I would see the they'd go quiet on the third day because they know they've got to go out and commit a crime. I saw that in in, a, in three houses with ten people. About five of those well, had to well, do people that. People are doing that kind of yeah. weird, benign thing when they go to the supermarkets. I know somebody. Um, she's kind of mid forties. She's adorable. She got she's got two kids. She never pays for the shitty carrots. She buys the organic, but she pays for the shitty carrots. She doesn't she doesn't buy the organic. Ah. That must be going on all the time. But now they've got My mate used to do that the whole time. He used to go to Did the he reduced to clear section and just uh he'd have a little wet a wet a wet thumb and just start going well, wasn't and, it you that would go to eat the mayonnaise and the ketchup sachets? Or was that something else? Oh, no, that was me when I was really poor, yeah, yeah. I stole a box of mayonnaise, I stole a box of ketchup, and I just mixed them together for thousand and sauce. That's a pasta. Like, yeah. You know, think of pasta. <laughs> Absolutely so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, we've all been there. And also, who makes the rules? 
you know, there's a whole movement of sovereignty, which I don't know, but my nephew, who is utterly brilliant, he keeps saying, don't pay the bank back. Look at sovereignty. And in the end, they will have to wipe your debt. But we're too feeble. My husband and I were just too frightened. We're going to get nicked. Well, it's only people that have had struggle that say, well, I'll just go back to being poor again. It's not a big deal for me. In fact, um, um, Muhammad Ali, one of the things he said when they said, we're going to put you in jail, he said, well, I've been uh, poor for 90 years of my life, 90% of my life. It's just a few more years. It's like you can't threaten me anymore. In, um, exactly. So exactly. Th- there's not a big, but I am. Um, Let me just say, yeah, I've on. got to say, because I've been saying, yeah. I love Prince Charles. I love, who else do I, I think she's lovely, the William and all the rest of it. I do not agree with the system, yeah. but I think that they are desperately trying to be real and to change things. And they do have evidence that countries you live under a monarchy are happier and safer. I don't know how true that is. But I think if your people up top are beginning to mouth stuff at us and it can change things, the one thing I'm really not looking forward to is when her Madge dies, when Betty Windsor kicks, we are going to be living through... It'll be like a Jeremy Carr show. There'll be no moral... I mean, she's barely holding it it's together. It's not that. I'm talking about the media coverage. We'll have three weeks. Oh, yes. Yeah, so oh. How perfect everything was. Don't, don't you remember? They'll be measuring everyone, yeah, yeah. Uh, how, how loud they clap. And uh, Well, it would just be when, one when Boris Johnson, When Boris Johnson did, um, did his final farewell, Hasta la vista, yeah. baby, thing... All right. Uh, cool. Day, timely reference for a film that is 31 years old, by the way. I like, I love the film, but you know. And what film is it? That's Terminator 2. He was oh, referencing because he didn't want to say, I'll be back. Yeah. No. Which is, the other, awesome. which is the other catchphrase from yeah. that. So he went with, supposedly went with Asta Luista. Yeah. So we not, you can't trust that man. I interviewed him years and years and years ago and I couldn't speak. Johnson. Yeah. I couldn't speak because there are, He's very powerful. He's a fat, lardy, powerful man who marries a woman. And I would say, Sinead, if you look at his wife, Carrie Johnson, what an unprepossessing creature she is. She gets away with nice dresses, but if you look at her fucking profile, they are... (laughs) (laughs) They are what they are. And it's a them and us and that's got to your generation has got to bring that together we've got to well we actually we've got a script about what if we there's a revolution if it actually happens 10 years down the line because of a, a series of accidents where people have enough we've got a script to, I was I was going to yeah. I was going to say about my about my bit with the, with the parliament sorry they had a bit and they everyone stood at, he said Aslavi so he, he walked oh, yeah, off sorry. everyone stood up and clapped yeah you know, for the leader. Robots, yeah. uh, and Theresa May, there was a big deal because Theresa May got up ever so slightly yeah. later. She she sat down for a few seconds and went, did stand up and applaud, but she waited for two or three seconds. And that was on the front page of the mail with with uh, claims that she was a traitor and, and secretly plotting to, right. to undermine him. Just from that pause. Yeah. yeah. So sorry to have interrupted. No, no, no. It's that's right. a really but that good was, story. Uh, but it's just... Because you're not clapping loud enough, you know what I mean. You're what, not standing look, up quick enough. Every you've got the the, the, the Bill of Rights in America and the, the what's the English one, the uh, um, uh, European uh, thing of human rights, Bill of Human Rights. So, so they didn't just come out of nowhere; they had yeah. to be written. Yeah. Mm. So that's what you do. Yes, but the, you're living in a society. Who's it for? Who is who is the news for? And who are the laws for? And who is holding on to what they're for yeah but all that can be evaporated when you remove money but that's what 
Well, that's true. You, then there's no need for the evil to go that but, way. Let them be CEOs and whatnot. You have to have people at the top. The old thing of fish rots from the head down. But media thing, it all becomes, like America, the pharmaceutical companies, the media, the politics, it all starts to become the one group of families. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, it's If you a, take money out, they go, well, I'm not going to do I'll that. I'll tell you something interesting. When, when the MMR thing happened, when it all finished, I got contacted by a group of alternative lawyers who represent homeopaths and all sorts of people. And they said, we could not get involved because we feared for our life from Big Pharma. Now, we are looking at, there are forces of thought. I don't think it's, you know, diabolic, but I think... I can't come up with solutions because I've been fighting for so long. My knees have gone. Your generation has to do it. And it can't just be glib. You've got to have strategies. You've got to yeah. have a, you've got to look at what you're doing and you have to articulate so that the kids under you are going to articulate yeah. because we've only got ham, a percentage now of people that will be going back into parliament. Well, the ones who got educated. Wasn't the suffragettes there? What was their motto? Word, words, not deeds. No, deeds, not words. <laughs> words, not yeah, deeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Theory over, but over that's practice. It. Yeah, stop. Yeah. I can't, st- when people start to, stop talking. Well, what yeah, you, exactly. Tell me what you're going to do and I'll go there. I, but no I, marching, I think, no talk. Well, I think I think what's interesting is is the next cycle because I think this government is coming to an end. I do think that they will probably lose the next election. Uh, I, this trust who's, who's going to front the, the Labour Party? Uh, I don't. Uh, the, well, I think the Labour Party will. It should be of, Mickey Lynch. Really, tri- they will trip into power. Basically, they will sort of trip over something and by accident, not through anything by their own design, but just by being there long enough. Yeah, they're sort of like the friend who becomes a boyfriend type of thing. They're just in the room for a long enough time at the back, and eventually, by process of elimination, they get through all the other candidates, and then they're still there. So the thing is, is they have to deliver, I think. And it's like with Joe Biden in in America. How much is it? $360 billion now for climate change is given? Out of two trillion to start with as well. Well, listen. They're always going to highball that figure, I understand, but like... But it's the, it is a message. Hmm. He's, I mean, he's old and you need a younger group. Where is Camilla Harris in all this? I find it quite interesting. But it's the beginning of something, isn't it? Or you don't well, trust it? He has to, but I'm saying he has to deliver because you had Trump and that was a disaster. He was awful and, and eventually nearly led the, the country into chaos and, and, you know, authoritarianism by, by trying to overthrow the government. Um, so you have to offer an alternative. Okay, okay. So here's here's the other uh, the other side, the alternative, and they have. To, I think they have to deliver. They have an opportunity now in America, and I think we will have an opportunity in this country in a few, within the next few years, where an opposition party is going to get into position of power, and they will have to give. They will have to tangibly better people's lives. Yeah. And so, because otherwise, guess what? The far right will come in, and they will offer them. They, they won't deliver because I don't think those policies can. But they will offer them a solution. And what we're currently doing right now is that I, I don't think Keir Starmer will will change things dramatically, or will be the answer. Well, he's but only he's, a mouthpiece. Well, a he's, face, better, he's better. He's better. He's better than the current government. But I, I think he really has to deliver because if we get four or five years of a, of a Labour government, and then we're kind of in exactly the same spot as we are now, I think people go screw. It, I'm going back to the Tories. You know. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least yeah, they're a bit yeah, more yeah. fun. At least, like, they'll get in someone, I don't know, they'll, they'll find someone worse, worse than Boris, who's a complete... Uh, George Monbiot, do you read him? No. You must read or get people to read it to you. George Monbiot has lots of sol- solutions to stuff because that's the other thing is we... I have a, a wonderful German friend. She's very, very crowded. And she, uh, I've known her for a long, 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 long time. When I first met her, she's an acupuncturist, top acupuncturist. When I first met her, she said, I wonder how you can get in, uh, undressed in front of your husband being quite so fat. <laughs> and I thought it was really funny until later on. I thought, what the bloody hell? But anyway, she was around the, she was around the <laughs> it was table. It's so outrageous. Took a bit. <laughs> took a bit like, on she's at the bus stop. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> and she's size six and still wins her. And oh, she's okay. nearly 70. She's amazing. Yeah. But anyway, we're all sitting around the table in our cottage. And my nephew's there. And there's a bit of, and his missus. And we're all sitting having a big barney. And there's a big pause. And she said, it's all very well to tear things down. But what is your solution? Yeah. yeah. And I don't know anymore. I, my blog is full of it. I don't know what to do. I Something need... will pop up. Something will pop up. It's just it, you, the internet has spilled all the poison out so everyone can see. That's what we've got. At least now children coming up can go, right, we know we can see what you are now. We've seen past the mirage of what you present. And now they're struggling, but you will have that, like a cornered animal, they will fight back harder the more closer you get to the bet and there will come a tear and that's we might be around to see that yeah, well and that's when other people will pop out yeah, well, and they, i think people will sacrifice uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think people know that they're being sacrificial like they are in the ukraine yeah but uh, it's a tricky one the yeah. ukraine thing isn't it but go no please charlie what the hell was i gonna say um oh, no. <laughs> sorry i shouldn't have done Just, that I want to look because we've got to wrap um, up. Wait, wait, go no, it's oh, it's good. Go. Oh, it's, oh, you don't even. No, when we go, you don't even. Oh, that it was one of the best. Imagine, imagine a really, really good point. A really like really interesting right, take. Yeah? I wanted to ask because you've been around for so long <laughs> with the um, the acting. You've done so many things. Did you? Because you've seen again. You alluded to it, you've seen so much. Did you have any problems with the Me Too thing at any point with all that? Because yes, you, you of went, course so I, I did. I was going to say you've never. I didn't see anything about it. The but reason you... I have a problem with it, it uh, of course, the Weinsteins, and of course, the Je- and what really disturbs me is the Jewish. Both of these right, illicks yeah, yeah, were yeah. Jews, and Epstein. But I think you've got to look at the reality of stuff, and I, I'm still very confused about it all. But I do have a problem with the woke thing. And I'm not sure why. It's just I haven't articulated that when I watch... It's, it, when the feminist movement started in 1970, I went to a, a thing in Leeds. I went to a... It was one of the first ever feminist uh, meetings. And I went all on my own. And they, there was a separatist group and a feminist group and a fim fact, knick-knack, billy but you Scientologists, know, was, uh, all, two Scientologists. All, all, all <laughs> and of course, as a woman, I absolutely... Uh, agree with you and your body's your own, yeah. you make your own decisions. But I stood up after this great, massive onslaught and said, do you ever talk about love? And they shouted me down and laughed at me because I kind of, I'm outside the notion of, I stop because I can't articulate it. There's something about the woke movement that disturbs me. Well, there's me. a thing behind that. You've got to answer that, that, say, Russia or China, when they want to, and I've said this before, they don't, what they do is they have to alienate the people in the middle. 
there's too less people on the extremes. There's not enough to sway things. So they have to alienate the people in the middle. And you do that by um, growing either side, left and the right. So if what's happened with the left woke thing, which you sort of think, well, why? I shouldn't hate that. I shouldn't dislike it. It's a why fair do you and- dislike it? I don't. And this is the thing, because I know I'm being tricked. Fairness, loyalty, understanding. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. So why do you feel like it's a bad thing? Because what they do is they don't just fund the right they also fund the extreme left, knowing that they'll annoy you and annoy you. So they find the most extreme leftist they can, who then just, yeah, tell them they're not saying enough. Tell them that you're not doing enough. Tell them Hypernormalization. And, yeah. Is that what yeah. it's called? Yeah, that's, so, uh, hypernormalization. Yes, so what you do, that you'll fund right-wing fascists, conservative politicians. Thing, who are these they? It's a thing that the rush, this, was, this yeah. was a theory put forward by uh, one of the chiefs of staff, so I think Secretary of State or something now for Putin. And he was talking about, this is a paper I think he wrote in the early teens. Uh, and it was an idea, it's political theory, basically you fund every side yeah. in, in your country and you just swamp everything with misinformation. So the idea is to just get people just so confused that they get checked out. This was his theory, is that you fund far-right groups, you fund pro, pro-homosexual groups, anti-homosexual yeah. groups, pro-abortion groups, anti-abortion groups, gun rights. Divide and everything. You just, but, and you flood, and important things, you yeah. flood misinformation. You just, it's so bogus studies, stats, numbers, things, stories all over the place. So just no one has a clue what's going on, yeah. and there's no sort of shared reality, basically. Well, you see, it, back in uh, the early 70s, we toured Ireland, and I was sitting on a bus, and a uh, an army soldier came up. You saw his rifle first, and he just looked around. I was in a ca- the Catholic dis- district, and we visited people. And I've still got I've still got a piece of wood that was painted by a guy who was put in the prison in Longkesh, whatever it was called. I can't remember now. And he wrote on the walls. It used to say, <clears throat> "Sectarianism kills the workers." And that is something that I feel a bit about the woke movement is that we should all be in this together. And if you aren't using the right language or, you know, it's coming up all the time. Frankie Boyle, I love that man. I've even stopped in the street and told him I loved him. I just listened to his autobiography two weeks ago. Is it brilliant? Yeah, he hates everyone. He's against comedians. But I mean, you know, comedians are being silenced. That beautiful Nish Kumar. Taken off air. So what were you about to yeah. say about Frank? Well, Frank, boy, he was attacked for his left-wing politics and also he, the way he talks about stuff. Um, comedy is, what is it, time plus tragedy? Is that what, isn't that the theory of comedy? If we can't laugh at stuff, and, you know, as a Jew with a lot of my mob going the way, you know, of sewage, you, you th- and they made that film, What Is It, My Beautiful Life, and people criticised it because the father wanted to look after his son in a concentration camp by making it a game. Yeah. And I, I think humour is important. Yeah. Um, and the woke thing is kind of, Letting it's like letting things seep away. Yeah, you just have to tell yourself that woke isn't liberal. It's an extreme thing that's been funded by the right. They'll get the one fifteen-year-old. Tell them to get two people together to be angry at your uh, parent. So I'm not. I'm not getting at senile dementia no, when I don't understand what's left. But you oh. are left. It's You're as left a, yeah, as normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm more left. Yeah, I'm I mean, but left. the woke thing is just it's a name. 
to say extreme left, but you're not on extreme left. Just you're just somebody's left. Oh, I get fairness it. I and get kindness. It. People being assholes on Twitter a lot. Like most, you can't a, be a too lot nice. of that stuff comes from um, this the internet and like people just being just assholes on the internet, like bullying, effectively kind of bullying people about language or ideas or whatever. Yeah. And you know, ideally, ideally, everyone should be free and cool just to, to believe yeah. what they want. Mostly as long as they don't act on it, you know? Don't be nasty to people. most people, yeah, right most people, left. you can be, yeah, you can be a racist and stuff, but just don't do anything yeah. about it, yeah? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We're going to have to wrap this up. Oh, okay. But what I'll say, listen, so I've been waiting since then to meet you, and I do think when my first blueprints of people being laid down, like these people, I've got a list of about 10 people that I, I went to as my paradigms of what I thought human beings should be. And you were on that list of like, I remember the, like, I remember the impersonation. I can remember being in a van driving tools, tools before I knew what I was going to do in my world, their life, listening to you and thinking, oh, there's an, a good person. And I absorbed the fact that there's a good person there. And that's why I, I've kept an eye on you all those times until I sort of felt like I had enough to excuse to ask to meet you. I want to know who the other nine are. Oh, God, there's like Chris Gardner, the, who's the inspiration for Pursuit of Happiness, the real guy. Yeah, yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Um, Michu Kaku, who dealt with uh, theoretical physicists. Um, V.S. Ramachandran, the neurologist in America. Um, oh, God, I can't even think now. I've got a list of my online. me, I'm in really good company. <laughs> but it was, there was like, I don't want to be rude, it was like the mothering figure that I saw. There's like, oh, there's That's a kind right. person. Somebody's been angry to because I was working in nightclubs at night, like violence, hate. And here's you with people going, you're a bloody silly. And you go, well, I love you all the same, sweetie. And I'm thinking, it just, I don't know what it did, but it stuck. And you don't know how much that becomes of you meeting other people and hearing other people. Even if you can't remember it, it stays with you. So you're, in, I think sometimes, whether it's an autobiography or something, they can have as big an influence as a family member. You know, it just sticks. You won't know it because you don't know who's influenced you. You can understand the big things, but little things that might have set on a path something about me that's something... That I'll tell you, look, I used to have a guy, that, and we can finish yeah, after okay. this, called Al King, who used to write me letters every day I was on TVAM, and it was a long time, and they were poems, and they were wonderful. And then the Daily Mail did a big feature on me and the old man, and it were big pictures. I've got them hanging at home. We were lovely. And we talked about how Jim had been married, and he had two children, and that we'd met. And, and then I got to TVAM. I got to work. I never used to want to call it work, but it was yeah. work. Got into work. There was a big brown box. Every single letter that I had written back to our king and all his stuff was in this box. And I opened the box and there was one piece of paper and on the top it said, Jezebel. <laughs> That's a word you don't hear much of nowadays. It's a wonderful word. We can't end on that. I'll tell you what we will end on. I, I can't end on the word Jezebel. Was, all right. No, I mean, it's a nice time, but it feels so... <laughs> There was um uh, when when uh, Muhammad Ali was sort of banished and he was having to earn money by doing theatre plays and going and do speaking tours, and there's one you can watch it as it's been done. Someone he's talking to all the kids, people that hate him and everything like that, and someone shouts out, "Tell us a poem!" And he said, "He said I can tell you." He said the, the the shortest poem in the world was written by another man. I can't remember the guy's name, and it's just the poem's this: "Me, we, and that's it." And I thought, that's, that's, that's what it is. Me, we, that's it. And that's the shortest poem there is. And I think that's a good place to end. Um, 
Well, so listen, thank you for having me. This and is just a start, Jenny. This is a door opened and we've crossed paths now. That's what it is. It's just lovely. And also to say that what you have reminded me, I know we've come to the end of it. Yeah. I'm sorry, you can cut yeah, this yeah. bit out. But you make me feel useful. And that's Yeah, it's more what... than that. Because I've only got a list of people that I can go to that I remember things. There's a few people that, that I, I feel like I haven't got, earned the right to meet yet. Um and I don't expect them to meet. You know, who am I? I'm just, I've only just started now with everything, the magazine, the pilot we've got, the, this podcast thing that we're doing. I've just started now. Well, so I'm out of the loop of life because I started life at 30. So I'm out of the loop of everybody doing stuff. Um, so I really think of like, I'm sort of like 22, 23 in terms of what I've, how long I've t- to educate. But how you do change stuff, I think time, the time, the season's right for us. What we're saying now, it's right. And those people have stuck with it are now the main faces that you didn't expect to be. But all that stuff you carry with you has now coincided. And now you're the thing that people are desperate for. And Can you give I, me money for electrolysis? Because <laughs> they say I'm going to get a bit. No. no. And I, I, what the, how you do change things, even if, because the worst thing is to feel like individuals, is to know there's other yous out there. So when I meet people like yourself and like you go, yeah, you do know there's more of us than there are. In Me, fact, we. yeah, and wasn't there, there, there was a, a, a story about the, the two, um, oh, it is the parable, whatever you call it. There's, there's two people in the Agora, Greece, whatever. And there's, t- uh, the, the, what they call that, the, the patricians, the, the posh, what, not plebeians, the patrician, the, the yeah, posh yeah, class. Yeah. And they're in the, um, the, they're in the Agora and somebody comes up to them with the robe, starts talking to them. And then he realises, oh, he's a, he used to be a slave, this fellow I was just talking to. So he turns to his friend and he said, you know, that guy we were just talking to, he used to be a slave. He said, now he's dressing like us and got all the stuff on. And he said, we should make them wear like a, a band or something. And the guy says, no, 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 you don't want them to wear a band because then they'll realise how few of us there are and then how many of them there are. And I think that's what we need to do. Stop being individuals. Start doing this. Podcasting has come along. Internet's come along. And now you go, hang on, there's a lot more of us than you. And they're starting to get cornered now. So when I meet people like you and I say to everyone that I meet, I only have best friends. There's no such thing as a friend to me. That's a, everyone here is a best friend. And everyone knows it as well, by the way, whether they wanted to or not. And so I just see another friend. It's another open door. Anything I have, you have. And anything useful I can be, because we're doing a lot of stuff as well, um, is yours. And that's how you change stuff. We might not be the ones that change it, but just do what you do and something will pop along. So, Charles, did you want to say something? I'm just about to say goodbye. Just bye? Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> no, it, well, no listen, say, good, so, say goodbye nicely with something. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's not good at I'll, I'll t- <laughs> well, you, you can't well, be sincere a- basically <laughs> <laughs> well, I felt no awkward yeah no good at that um, unionise so yeah we well, unions will be coming back yeah um, well I would say Jenny it's been a a, a, a path i wanted to cross with you for a long 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 time you didn't know you were influencing people just by being you that was your best skill and here i am so jenny barnett thank you very much karem here's your story let's begin the world is fine come on dive in the future's here it's right before your eyes You could be larger than